Harness Racing, Victoria Wide. RSN 927 is Talking Trots. Yes, good morning, RSN 927 listeners, and welcome to Talking Trots. We are going to flip things a little bit on their head this week because I'm back with you, Blake Redden, after having just my one-week sabbatical hiatus. Um, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm looking forward to doing a lot less talking this week. Uh, uh, you did a lot of talking last week. <laughs> I was the only voice on the program last ah. week, so um, everyone else was uh, off and about and busy, and it's, it's very early on a Saturday morning, so we don't like to get people out of bed too often, and uh, I just carried the can. Are you like one of those AFL ruckmen that, you know, once the other ruckman goes down, you perform better on your own? Oh, you, no. you just, you, it gives you an opportunity to sort of do the around-the-ground work as well as a tap ruck? No, nah, my, uh, my main role is just to negate the other ruckman at that point, just to try and hold up an end and uh, make sure we don't get bowled out for... 15 or 20 runs, if I can mix my metaphors and jump from sport to sport. But, well, you uh, certainly did that. I did. and Well, I didn't really mix my metaphors. I was just uh, quickly moving from sport to sport analogies. But, yep, no, I did uh, I did get through it, and that's the main thing. Ten races to get through at Tebcourt Park, Melton tonight. A little bit of other news to get through as well. I'll be jumping on uh, what Crandell Getty calls a tin pigeon pretty soon to head up to Albion Park for... Um, for their feature meeting of the year, the Blacks are fake, of course, and the Queensland Derby, among other feature races. We'll talk about that at the back end of the program. I'm also going to touch on some preliminary thoughts on the Million Dollar Pace, which will be staged... The New South, the New South Wales Million the Dollar Pace. The New South Wales Million Dollar Pace, yep. which will be staged in May 2020. Um, I had a sneaky little thought here. It's like, mm-hmm. it's 6.30 in the morning, I reckon we save it for about 6.55 when the Gallops fans start to get ready for their Melbourne preview yep. so they can hear about all the great news in the trots. All right, that's, um, so we better talk it up. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, but 10 races at Melton, first of all, to get through, and uh, I'll let you lead me in here, mate. It's um, national ratings races now, so what have we got for the first? And try and, I guess, maybe explain when we're going through the ratings races, just in case there's a few Gallops punters that are up having some weed picks early, what the ratings mean for each race, pretty much. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think... I think you play it as I'm not going to try and compare it to old type races anymore. This is the new system. Uh, if it's a if it's a twenty thousand dollar race, it's a metropolitan race. Hey, listen, it's, it's the not, first one's an MO. It is. It's a seventy to seventy nine DNR logistics Vic bread pace, and uh, it's a a race where we've got a, a probably a, a warm favourite really in lift and talk drawn outside the second row. You won't see that often in a seventy to seventy nine race uh, as they call them these days. And uh, he's clearly the class runner, but can you find anything to beat him drawn off the front? I can't. I'll, uh, I'll be honest. And uh, my price is actually for the remaining runners are, uh, quite disparate, I think, to what the what the early markets are suggesting. But look, sometimes when you uh, when you look into a race, you, you you uncover little nuggets of wisdom that you might not have necessarily expected. Now, I guess I'd I'd partially forgotten. Lifton talks drawn off the second row a lot of recent times. Um, in its last five times it's drawn off the second row, two of those five times it has whipped around to be able to assume the lead at some stage of the race. And, quite, and I think both those might have been over short course trips. Much better opportunity to do it over 2,240. Coming off Group 1 form in the Vic Bread Super Series final for the four-year-old Entires and Geldings, the run in the semi-final was out of this world, really. Came with a, a huge, booming, sustained sprint and almost upset Rack them up, Tiger Pie at semi-final level of, Vic Bre- of the Vic Bread Super Series then turned up and uh, everything didn't go right in the final exactly. But he's got a pretty significant cl- class edge on this field, you would have thought. He was once probably better known as a 
a uh, we won't say squibbish, but more of a short course horse. But he, he's certainly gotten a lot better, and he's developed a hell of a lot over the last six months or so. So he's a clear on top selection. Bakes, I, I've got a couple in it. Really big odds here. Um, cricket score odds almost to run second and third, and they are Boy from Bondi and Deadly Assassin. They're the horses on the up. Um, Boy from Bondi, I think, is an underrated uh, commodity and can roll forward from a wide draw here. I know he's not known as a horse with great gate speed, but it's a pretty slow front line. Um, and Deadly Assassin's racing really well and easy grade, and I can't see why he won't measure up here, you know, uh, with everything apart from lift and talk. I've thrown a Yankee roller who's very short and early market for fourth. I mean, it was a nice run last start, but the previous form was relatively ordinary, and I think one of yours, Smile Lyle, have also got somewhere in the mix there. Micromedia, Smart Little Shard, don't pray play pretty wider in your exotics and if you just want to have one bet in the race have something straight out lift and talk I would have thought 13691 I can CC in America can run a drum if you're uh, playing that way race 2 on the card mm. is the tab multiplier winter trotters cup final group 2 level 70 to 85 so the progressive trotters either going through their grades or coming back a little bit Nani Poppy is one that's going through her grades uh, she's likely to be one of the market leaders along with Moonshine Linda how do you separate them Hey, run the world Girls, it's going to be the mares here, I reckon, 10 and 7, uh, Arnie Poppy and Moonshine Linda. Now, I must admit, I've gotten this um, relationship going with Arnie Poppy at the moment where I don't think there's a hell of a lot between these two, but I'm leaning towards Arnie Poppy possibly partially because I've got such a, an affinity for her. But this is what I think will happen. There's going to be a lot of spirit on this front line. Fionn's actually a little bit quicker than people give her credit for. Um, Prusian and Moore loves to go forward in her races. Nita Bacardi only knows one way. Seems to just blast forward from um, these sorts of draws. Moonshine Linda's an interesting runner because Gav could have a little dip at trying to ping everything at the start. I reckon he'll just let her come at it. Uh, under her own steam and get up to the uh, the breeze position early and then hope for some cover in transit. Arnie Poppy gets to sit back and watch this all unfold while they're going lickety-split 44-second lead time. Um, and that's why I reckon Greg Sugars just has to make the right decisions at the right time. If he if they sort of go very quickly early and then they maintain the rage a little, then the Candyman doesn't have to make that mid-race move. I think that she's already proven, Annie Poppy, she can come with a, a withering 600, 700 metre uh, turn of speed if required. But if they drop anchor, she can whip around there and then and find the breeze. She won her qualifier from the breeze of this series. She's the one to beat for mine. If she does have to get up into the breeze and say Moonshine Linda's riding her coattails all the way, then of course Moonshine Linda's a big chance of outsprinting her because she's a very high quality mare in her own right. And outside of them, I'd, I say you play for value. There's a couple here at big odds. Fear not from gate one, particularly if the heat's been on early. Fear not's the one that'll just keep plugging away in the concluding stages. And on ability, I know you've always had a, a soft spot for Kyvelli Barney. I mean, he's really big odds in early markets. And you think to yourself, well, um, you know, on pure talent, he's as good as nearly anything in the race. Very, very, very good. I mean, is he trustworthy? No, he's not. But if he brought his A game, and you're probably getting a price at the moment where you get the opportunity to find out on a one-by-three basis. So I've thrown it in for fourth, but it's another race where you want to play wide and exotics, EG Money or EJ Money, uh, you're nicked. War Spirit out 2010. There's almost nothing you'd leave out, to be honest, but I reckon it's a race in two primarily. Auntie Poppy, number 10 over seven, Moonshine Linda over one and 13. Yeah, it's so deep, but Desert Flyer is racing particularly well. I'd certainly include her in your multiples. Race three on the card is the Australian Pacing Gold Championship for the two-year-old fillies at Group 2 level. I think it might have been for the fillies that didn't contest the final of the APG, but 
We'll check on those conditions throughout. Treasures one that, uh, well, I think most people had her high in their thoughts for the Vic Bread Super Series. It all went wrong on semi-final night, but she's bounced back subsequently. Yeah, a uh, little caveat emptor here. These are the two things with Treasure. The last two times she's drawn off a front row, she's galloped at the start, or soon after the start. And we know on that semi-final night, she pulled herself into the composite. She pulled herself into submission. If she doesn't do those things, she just wins the race, Treasure. I would say she's the equal of any two-year-old filly in the country. Amelia Rose is quite unlucky in the Vic Bread. Huh? Amelia Rose was a bit unlucky in the Vic Bread. Yeah, part. but I think she's she's also that kind of horse. I think she, we've, we've ascertained that she's a turn of speed horse, Amelia Rose. Um, is there a chance Amelia Rose can get across Treasure early? It's unlikely, but it's possible if she does. That, in fact, that's the only way I could see Amelia Rose winning the race, and she's the only other horse who can win the race. So Treasure's a clear on top selection. Whether you want her to start off... Maybe even lift and talk could start a few multis, but whether you want to include treasure in your multis, knowing that the bubble could burst for a couple of reasons, that's up to you, of course. But I, I, look, if she does everything right, treasure will just win the race. Her win in a consolation of the Vic Bread Super Series was so indicative of her talent, as was her heat win of the series. So she goes on top of Amelia Rose, who's obviously got a stack of talent, but is cruel to some degree by that wide front-line draw. Stars by the Beach is being disrespected. Last up, winner in easier grade. Will she get across vouchers early? That's a 50-50, um, that's a 50-50 go, but I think she deserves to be third pick, then vouchers, but also include Ask Me, I'll Tell You, when a stable mate of the two favourites, Joe Dina in your exotics. Four, clear top tip over seven three one. Yeah, uh, I thought Stars by the Beach was a good anchor. I thought she would get to the pegs and she can run second or third. Race four on the card is the same race for the boys at Group 2 level over the sprint trip and uh, Mirror God. And I mean, provided he does everything right, which we're expecting him to, he should be too good. But your Shet Rocky's been well-backed earlier in the week. Has been, but the more I look at this race, the more you just think, how does Mirror God get beaten? Um, four of its eight starts has found itself up outside the leader breezing in transit, Mirror God. Three wins and a silver medal from the Breeze position. The only silver medal coming, of course, in the Vic Breed Super Series final, where she did a power of work outside the st- where he did a power of work outside the stable mate pandering, and they both got um, they both got ambushed by your jelly hammer in the concluding stages. Your shout, Rocky. I've got respect for the horse, but he's not pandering. Uh, I think Miragon will deal with him. Uh, the, the concern for those who want to play your shout, Rocky, to run second here is if they go pretty hard here, and your shout, Rocky. Is bold and brazen in front. Miragon might put him away, and your shout Rocky might not run second. And the horse I've actually thrown in for second is Sahara Sirocco. I love the run in a consolation of the Vic Bread Super Series, and I reckon he's a pretty nice horse, Sahara Sirocco. So this is probably one of the... I'd say this is the best betting race of the night from an exotic perspective, because the only other one you've got to include is Asia Beach, and you just go 7 to beat 2-3-5, 2-3-5, and if you want to play wider... You can throw nearly everything bar potentially, I don't know, a shadow man in for your first fours. Seven, Miragon, almost certain winner for mine over five, two and three. I reckon Highclere will run uh, run pretty well. Get through one more race, can't win, but can run first four. Before we head off to a break, race five is the Pridmore Electrics Melton Pace, a heat of the 80 to 94 grade runners uh, over the 22.40. Rock and roll icon returns from a break, very short price favourite here, but... Geez, Maritai's, um, Maritai's the only other one likely to be in single figures, I suspect, and he's a, a definite threat. Yeah, I... Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, what happens earlier will be pretty critical. Did you see the trial? No. Rock, unbelievable. They went 153-4. Rock and Roll Icon won. Maritai ran third. They probably went nearly as well as one another. Rock and Roll Icon perhaps slightly superior winning the trial. Um, and uh, now they turn up here. 
What's going to happen early? There's a lot of gates bit off the front row here. Rock and roll icon should eventually find the front. Beach Garden is beginning so quickly these days, she might be able to ping them all at the start. I mean, she's always been a quick beginner, but I she's really... I across Van Danter. Uh, I don't think Van Danter will go forward. Okay. Um, Van Danter drawn right next door to Rock and Roll Icon. He's been restraining of recent times, and I can't see why they changed tack here. And he's proving to be a better horse off the speed. Ideal World's got enough speed to get across Harpeg, as you would have thought. Um, and then it's either a case of Ideal World getting to the top and then handing to Rock and Roll Icon or Beach Garden pinging the lot, and it would also, of course, hand up to Rock and Roll Icon. So that's the uh, that's the situation in which we find ourselves. Maritai might have to just balance up early, but then we'll likely whip around and occupy the position up outside the leader, and from there, uh, it's just going to be a matter of the turn of speed late. I, I just wouldn't hold Rock and Roll Icon up. I'd just let him roll because he's just a powerhouse. He's a bottomless pit. Rock and roll icon. So four clear on top selection. He's extremely short, but should be winning over Maritai, who's a very, very, very good horse in his own right. Don't hold back. Showed some encouraging signs last time out, and I've thrown him in for third. Exceptionally gifted pacer when he's right. And just on the proviso, the Beach Garden might be able to ping them at the start. I've got her in for fourth. Four, seven, nine, and six in the first leg of the quad base. He might not have the early speed, but Basil Dooley and Jack Law are a pretty aggressive combination, I would suggest. And uh, there just could be a bit going on early anyway. So, yeah. Uh, yeah I don't that know. would it wouldn't actually upset rock and roll icon too much, just but it just makes it, it makes the task that little bit harder. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's go to a break on talking trots. We'll be back very shortly with the second half of our program. It's how we roll. RSN nine two seven is talking trots. Welcome back to talking trots on this Saturday morning. Where uh, well, it's a big big day in sport. I would say, Bon. It's uh, we're halfway through the British Open. Have you? Have you found a winner there yet for us? Uh, I, di- I haven't got too involved, to be honest. I, I missed last night. Mm? I missed last night, but uh, uh, yep. the first night I I hope Tony Finau continued because uh, I had a little bet on him at $81. Do you, oh, you you did go through a period of playing a bit of golf at one point, didn't you? No, nah, not really. Maybe like maybe three times in six months or something, but no. I would say with no arrogance whatsoever. We'll have to get back into the form in a minute, but like played a lot of sports throughout the course of my life. I don't think I love playing any sport any more than golf. Really? Yeah. And I, uh, I'm genuinely, I would say most sports I've turned my hand at, I've got at least some level of ability. Virtually none at golf despite... Is that why you love it so much? Because you can't master it? Uh, no, I just, I absolutely, like, I just love absolutely the grass, love the process. Oh, the there is the nothing air. better than, like, on a, on a Saturday morning <laughs> going out and the smell, the, 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 the moan grass, and the, and the anticipation that something beautiful might happen. <laughs> you might do something exceptional. But, and I, yeah, look, look, over the years, a couple of, a couple of great things have been done, but nowhere near as many as you would hope for the effort that's been applied. Um, we should continue with the form. Race six on the card is the Our Maestro Free for All. Uh, or uh, ratings 90 to 120 races, we call them these days. And this is an even race. Uh, well, probably more even than the market, I suspect. Phoenix Prince is a, a near-even money favourite. Uh, Professor Tom is right there in the market. Three ways is going to start single figures. Better match from the pole will be in the market. Not that you've seen it that way. And Bernie Winkle, how did you uh, how did you assess it? How, just, just quickly, how could better match in three ways be roughly the same price here? Oh, I mean, I, I don't know if they still are because, that, that, well, I think, I think we both think three ways is overs and better matches unders. There's four winning chances here, primarily three. Now I can see that if Phoenix Prince produces his best form and he's out and he can find the front, which he should, he should be winning the race. He went one fifty two one working in transit over the short and gave Riley Major no opportunity to get into the race. I'm a big fan of Riley Major. Um Massive performance, and he's done it two or three times throughout the course of his career, where he just produced yeah. 
abject pearl as um, Phoenix Prince. Can you 100% trust that he'll, he's totally at this level, a free-for-all level? Now, this isn't the strongest free-for-all of all time. Let's be pretty clear about that. But um, is he at the level where you can just say, if he finds the front here, he'll just win the race? Not quite. There's some good horses here. Professor Tom, they want, you know, Gary and Debbie Quinlan wanted to go up and attack the Smith Mile. He's going unbelievably well. Uh, he only needs a hint of fortune here, and he, he's a massive winning chance. Three ways is a huge winning hope. We've mentioned this a number of times in the office. I think it's been on socials as well. Three, I mean, he's had four first-up runs in total, but three on Australian soil for Andy Gath. Two wins and a silver medal. And the two wins are both very good. One of them about 13 months ago, he came from last in 154-1. Like, I'm not too worried about him being first up from a break. He trialed well against inferior opposition. So he's definitely a winning chance and one of the best overs of the night. And Bernie Winkle's got a hope. But I'll tell you what, the better match would want to go a lot better than he went first up from a break because he'd nearly have to hold the lead better match and Bernie Winkle would have to follow him through and then pick him in the lane. So... Bernie Winkle probably goes into the head of the peloton and the three key winning chances here are 4, 9 and 10. My number's 4, 9, 10, 8. Do you reckon we should ease back into golf with like an ex-golf situation? What do you, you mean? You know, have like a uh, one of those, you go into the, the booth and you have a few drinks and swing at the screen? No. Nah. No. Not into Just that. Just out on the golf course. Just get down the golf course. Just a way. I, I feel like we're probably... I really like to teach. I, reckon I could teach somebody how to hold a golf club. Yeah, okay. And right. I still can't hit it. And that's what I mean. I don't think we're going to get to the golf course, so that might be a way to ease back in. Um, we, we can get to the golf course. Make it happen. Okay. okay. Race 7 is the Tab Multiply Winter Championship Final at Group 3 level for 70 to 79 horses. And uh, some beat shadows drawn off the back. You've marked it a clear favourite. Wingatui do is holding sway with Tab Fix Odds Markets, though. Look, some beat shadows should just be favourite, and I'm relatively confident we'll start favourite here. Uh Unless there's a prevailing wisdom that Rockabella Stars is just going to hand the lead to Wingatui Jew, that's possible. Rockabella Stars almost always tries to lead in her races. On a couple of occasions, she's handed up under the right circumstances. If Wingatui Jew just gets to the top here, drops anchor and you know runs 53 and change at the head of affairs, then of course he's going to be hard to beat. But I don't think he's in the same class at the moment as... Sunbeat Shadow, who went 152.7, beating a subsequent Group 1 winner in Tam Major two starts ago. Then last start was more than 20 metres off the lead. Dan Malecki, the best caller in the business, said halfway down the back, these favourites have left this too late because Sunbeat Shadow should not was just not entitled to be able to make up the ground. But he's run an amazing final half to just mow his rivals down. Now, if they put on a little bit of tempo here... He'll just win the race, some beat Shadow. So he's a clear on top selection for mine over Wingatui Jew. The other two winning chances, Jean-Luc in the alternate circumstance can win the race if Rockabella Stars holds the lead and carries Jean-Luc to the sprint lane. But there's a couple of big ifs there. And Rock and Roll Chapel, is, is she not the one that's being forgotten here a little bit? Like, she's in incredible form. Two, her two wins at her last three starts have both been... Um, Pretty dramatic and breathtaking, and if she was in a much better spot somehow from a slightly better draw than some beat shadow, uh, she can win the race at double figures, Rock and Roll Chapel. But if you're having one bet in the race, do as I've done and uh, have it on some beat shadow, 11, 4, 8, and 10 in the Winter Championship final. Race 8 on the card is the Alabar Melton Pace, the second heat of the 80 to 40, uh, 94 grade, I should say, and 
Uh, pretty even, Shelby Bromack off the front with Heiser Bromack, and then the two big guns, I guess, off the back four, Manalist and Franco Tristan. A couple of Tasmanian feature race winners here. We've got the uh, Tasmanian Pacing Championship winner, and that's Shelby Bromack, and the Easter Cup winner, Franco Tristan. Now, on ability, is there much between them? I don't think so. They've both got three and seven next to their name from their last two starts, so they look like they're not in great form. I would say I've been happier with Franco Tristan's efforts than Shelby Bromax. Shelby Bromax's first up run was okay, but you know when a horse just seems like... They're a horse that can normally cruise in their races and they seem like they're hitting a flat spot at points where they shouldn't. That's how I feel a little bit about Shelby Bromack at the moment. He just seems to be making hard work of a little bit, whereas I think Franco Tristan... If Franco Tristan gets a beautiful card into this race, he may blow them away. So at $4 uh, plus, I'm going with Franco Tristan on top of Shelby Bromack. Four analyst, of course he can win. He's actually a bit of a miracle horse. I, think he, I, I don't think his legs have ever been much good. I'm not sure they ever expected to get into the races, and now he's continuing his career here. Frontline draw, he would have pinged to the front and won the race. Inside second row, first up. His third pick for mine, and in for fourth, Van Murray, who was an improved performance last time out, but looks, you know, hugely disadvantaged by the wide front line draw, 10-3-8-7. Race nine on the card is the Touch Merchant Trotters Free for All Group Three levels. This has been decimated by scratchings. Tornado Valley and everybody knows both come out. It leaves Save Our Pennies, Big Jack Hammer, Kai Valley Blur is the key three. We've discussed what decimated actually means, haven't we? Uh, 10, something to do with yeah, 10. Yeah, 1 obviously. out of 10, so it's been more than. But 4, 2, 5, and 3. I'm almost at the point here. I know I'm, I, I'm not his, a, big, a big fan of fr- cruising around. I feel like I feel like a lot of his zest for racing went away a fair while ago when he went through some significant traumas, and um, it's never gotten back to when he was a three-year-old. But at the prices that they're likely to be here, he's probably the best betting proposition in the race because he's going to lob maybe behind leader in transit. Uh so, look, Save Our Pennies is on top, cruising around second, Kai Valley Blur third, and Big Jack Hammer fourth. But, and, you know, I do think Save Our Pennies is the one to beat in the race, but from a betting proposition, I'd go uh, cruising around as the best way to play four, two, five, three. Did you know the meaning of words can change over time? What do you mean? Like, words, the meaning of words change over time occasionally? No. That's the case don't. with Decimate. No. Race 10 on the card is the hero claiming pace, and we've got a scratching the outsider, probably Nicky's Idols from the pole over the sprint trip. Uh, no Apache Me just turns up and wins these races, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, I reckon. Six, four, five, and three. He, look, he can sit back and he, going to the breeze. I think the candy men, Greg Sugars, would say now. Look, it was it was worth having a crack at last time out, but it's obviously not his going life. I think if they just sit back here in the small field and come with one big run, he's proven he's better than these horses. So he goes on top of with Gusto, who I reckon is going to get a very cushy run in front here. I think there'll be no pressure whatsoever in the race. Uh, in for third, I threw in Kathy uh, Sun, who was a a big finisher last time out in the same race as Noah Patchy, me behind a couple of good horses, probably a better class claim than this. In fact, it was. And then Crazy Dave in, but not no striders, you know. You pretty much got to play f- field, field, second and third, I would have thought, behind Noah Patchy, me, if you're playing exotic six, four, five, and three. Before we get your best, let's talk about the Blacks are fake. The tab Blacks are fake. Race 8 at Albion Park, and Tiger Tara is a clear favourite here. I'm surprised he's not a bit shorter. Our Uncle Sam, uh, I guess, over the staying trip, comes into play from Barrier 2, and Colt 31, he's drawn horribly. Uh, how did you see it? He should just win the race, shouldn't he, at the end of the day? I mean... Has he has he ever been in a big race and not found the lead, or at least in the last 18 months? Um, yeah, well, not over, over short trips he hasn't, and obviously he's not as effective. Yeah. He hasn't been as effective over them. It's I've, a little concerned because I'm not sure he will find the front here, will he? Uh, Our Uncle Sam 
given the distance he'll put in front of him early, he has to hold the lead. Okay, so our Uncle Sam's a really good horse, but there's... <laughs> so if our Uncle Sam's in front and Tiger Tara's outside the leader, who's the likely winner of the race? Uh, Tiger Tara, but it'd just be interesting to see him have mm. to work for it a little bit rather than... Well, he was outside the leader. San Carlo beat him, of course, in the Cranbourne Cup, I reckon it was. Yep. So, so, the, so he has been... And without being disrespectful to him, he's had a few favours in... All of his big group moments. He's created some, a lot of yep. some of those yep. favours as well. But, yep. look, I, I think he, he's the... Second up, it's time to park him. You know what I do when I first pick a, a form guard? I put A to E next to their names in terms of their class in relation to that race, and he's the only A grader. B plus. Jeez, Uncle Sam's a bit stiff. Not he's, B, he, he's B plus, our Uncle Sam, and you could certainly create a um, an argument to suggest that uh, a horse like Colt 31, despite the last start failure, is probably, you know, a B. And a few others sort of are in the B minus C area, but there's only one true Grand Circuit king in this race, and it's Tiger Tara. And I don't think the outside second line draw is probably going to stop him. And self assured, he just wins. Are you saying that about self assured yeah. as well? Yeah, okay. I'm, that's what I, I sort of interjected as soon as you yeah. said self assured. He, he, what he what he's done uh, on Australian soil, he could literally be the next huge megastar of Australasian race. He's racing. got everything, hasn't he? He's got speed. He's got toughness. He's yeah. And he's and the penny hasn't dropped. Like he's only going to get better and better and better. And what he did, Lock and Varad, I would say, is the kind of horse that I couldn't see any three-year-old in the country park like him parking them. It was a sprint. It was a dash home, and he was out sprinted, which is phenomenal when yeah. you think of the, the sectionals that Lock and Varad can run. Yeah, so so uh, it'll be really interesting to see. It's a it's a huge shame that our princess Tiffany's drawn outside the second row. A massive shame because I would have loved to see how she could measure up against the boys, against the best boys at this level, but it, she's pretty much been taken out of the race from that wide second line draw. Lachlan Varad will be tested yet again as he's been tested so many times throughout the course of his career from bad draws, and I think they're a class above. Jesse Duke's a nice horse, but I think they're a class. that Those three are all better than Jesse Duke for mine. All right, the biggest news of the week, uh, for those just tuning in, has been the announcement of the $1 million New South Wales pace. Uh, very interesting concept for horses rated up to a rating level of 70 under the new system, has to be trained in New South Wales, uh, heats via regions, and they'll all combine to uh, to get to Menangle on May 31 to race for a million dollars. Thoughts? It's quite a deal of fine print to get through with this race, and I have a funny feeling, in fact, speaking to John Dummersney on, uh, with Michael Felgate on RSN 927 earlier in the week, I reckon more fine print will be added as we go along. So they are going to, I think Harness Racing New South Wales, you know, we, I think we know how the Miracle Mile's worked over the years, and I think that they will organise this going forward to aggregate the field that they want for this race. I mean, w- w- once you win through and you qualify, of course, you know, you, you'll get your opportunity, but um, I suspect that uh, anybody trying to play funny buggers or, or play around the fringes will probably be pulled up at some point. So I'm not sure or, or there'll be too much duplicity or um, or shenanigans involved in trying to qualify for this race. But no, look, of look, look, there will look, be. There has to be. There's a million-dollar race. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, if you've... You've been around the game for a little bit now, haven't you? A little bit, not a- have you Have you seen, like, Harness Racing New South Wales, and this this predates the current board administration, have always have always moved the goalposts when required. And I'm not saying that in a pejorative manner. They will not be at the behest of of uh, participants trying to pull Swifties here. I think they'll, I think they'll, they'll organise it. They'll change the rules and the run is what okay. I'm saying if they need to. Yes, but the clear concern I have is that it's it seems to be a race targeted at 
the average participant at the average horse. No, no. I th- you know how we say Gloucester Park? Yeah. You think you can you can win from the back of the field? Yes. Because it looks like that. Yeah. But really, you can't. Yes. That's what. That's what. The, the, let's be that's very. Let's saying. be very clear. The million dollar race is going to is going to create a dream for those participants, and that's the idea. And we saw Grant Kelly, uh, a participant in New South Wales during the week, saying. It'd just be amazing to think that I ha- had a chance yeah. to go into a heat. So there's going to be, but people will realise very shortly they don't have a dream and they don't have a chance. Well, they probably don't. So, uh, so, uh, so is uh, it really going to achieve what they're aiming to achieve? Well, it, if it incites breeding, and well, if they do think that there's an, an absolute million dollar, I mean, at the end of the day, people pay out for the Breeders' Crown. People pay up for other Futurity series, but you know what? There should so be. It's going, it's going to incite people to, I think, to breed horses, thinking to themselves, "If I get this a hundred percent right, yeah. there's not a hundred thousand dollar pay day at the end of this. There's not a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar pay day. There's a million dollar pay day at the end of this." But maybe you should have to have had thirty five starts, for example, in your career. Maybe it shouldn't be for the and three, th- and three years in that might be the case. Yeah. I even thought potentially five years and older might be a way to go because it rules out the, the yeah. three year olds and the four year olds will have gone through their grades too much. So I would not be surprised at all if in three years it's a slightly different race than it will be in 2020. But it's great to have another really big race and another piece of promotional material for the game. A lot of people are going to have a lot of conjecture about time of year, the decisions made, the time of year, the class of race, all sorts of things, and all that could be changed. But I think first and foremost, we should be grateful for the concept. Should it be tweaked? I think most people think that it probably will be in years to come, but we've got a new million-dollar race, not taking from anything, not robbing Peter to pay Paul, so it's a great opportunity. The other thing is I kind of half wish that we weren't doing this thing where this state-by-state rivalry. I'm not sure that Harness Racing is in a position to be doing that. Who's doing a rivalry? Well, to say you've got to be trained in New South Wales and all that, that, um, I I, I don't know about all that. I I think... Harness racing probably operates best when on those rare occasions when it can work together like in the Inter-Dominion series. All right, let's get out of here, Bon.